It's a crazy world, right? I mean, we are this enormous water ball that hurls rapidly around this gigantic fire bubble in the vastness of empty space. And here, here I am. I'm just this tiny little the human thing that I'm tr- trying to figure out how my brain neuron zippy zappies fire just so that I can vacuum today. How do we do things our own way, given our unique brain Play-Doh? <laughs> tell me. I'll tell you. It's episode 30. Come on. You are listening to ADHD Big Brother, the podcast for adults struggling with their ADHD symptoms. Why? I'm your host, creator of the Nudge Program, author of Descending to the Top. My name, Russ Jones. Nice to meet you. Guys, we are going to learn about some stuff. We're going to laugh about some stuff. And ladies and gentlemen, here is some stuff. Hi, welcome, guys. How you doing? Hope you had a good week last week. Uh, Let us... We're in the final week. This is week eight. This is the last one of the series. So all right, let's quickly summarize what we've gone over the past seven weeks in the series. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, you have got some catching up to do. You should go back to episode 23. Well, I scratch, I don't want to tell you what to do. I would think that you would want to go back to episode 23 and start from scratch where we all began, and then we'll see you in seven weeks. Over the past Seven podcast episodes, we've discussed the ideal vision of ourselves. We've created the list on what we believed were the steps to get there. From that list, we picked a thing to work on for 30 minutes a day. We've discussed specificity, specificity. We've discussed time, consistent effort, perfectionism, why setbacks is a dumb word, forgetfulness, when to add things, how to do things when they're not urgent. And then this last week... I want to talk about doing things our own way. This is my quick update over the past seven weeks. Uh, Everything is continuing on. I wasn't excited about doing my exercising this week. I missed a couple of days, but I still got some in. Um, I paid extra attention to the fact that I really enjoy how my body feels after I work out. I enjoy the mood I'm in after I work out. So I'm going to try to carry that thought with me. And then food wise, I I did good enough. I made some good choices. I made a couple of bad choices. Another update is that I'm I'm currently off of my ADHD and depression medicine. And I'm going to do a deep dive into uh, depression and my own journey uh, with that and my medicine journey, because I think that might be interesting. But for this quick update, I I had to stop because I've got a blood pressure issue and I need to sort that out. Um, That's the issue with these stimulants. They, they, um, they're stimulants, so they're not great for blood pressure sometimes. So um, I'm definitely feeling the struggle without being on medicine. I'm really relying on the tools and the strategies that I have uh, because if I didn't have those in place, oh my gosh, you guys, I would be screwed. I would be royally screwed. So I would. I want to share this with you guys. Even if you aren't on medicine, you can get your shit together. If you're extra diligent with procuring your tools and your strategies, and perhaps today's metaphor will help. Let's talk about doing things our way. We live in a world of structure and logic. And the way I view it is like doing things in a line, in a straight line. If you're anything like me, that doesn't work. 
We're the inventors. We're the music makers, the artists, the creative geniuses, the innovators. We're the chaotic ones. And the trick is finding ways to do their world our way. You know, like if you're school age, how do you study for a test? How do you remember to turn an assignment in on time? Or how do you sit at a desk when that goes against everything inside of you that wants to impulsively move around? If you're college age, well, how do you remember to get to class on time? How do you do anything that was done for you while you lived at home? Now, you you don't have any imposed parental structure. You are free. How do you structure your life? What are you going to do to create that structure for yourself? These things don't just come naturally to us. We don't think, oh, I want a clean environment to walk into uh, when I come home at the end of the day. So I'm going to clean now before I leave for the day. My girlfriend does that. Her, Her environment is so clean and welcoming. It's wonderful. We don't do that. We think this environment isn't clean. So because I haven't cleaned it, therefore A plus B equals I'm a worthless piece of garbage. I'm going to now walk away from this because I need immediate relief from this pain that I've imposed upon myself and I'll deal with the cleaning later. So how can we be the person who wants a clean environment and then gets one and then achieves one? How do we do that our way? Because we don't do delayed rewards or delayed consequences. If we could do that, we would, oh my God, I would do that in a heartbeat. If I could do that, we have to figure out how to get an immediate reward. We've predetermined that we would like that feeling down the road, but we need a reward now, something that will pull us through the effort. Quick hack, because we're talking about this, the way that we work is that we have to decide in advance during a planning session, something that like, I want a clean environment when I come home at the end of the day, blah, 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 something like that. Then we have to structure a time to clean. And we have to set that as an appointment. And then we've got to set a timer so that the process doesn't overwhelm us into a stall point. That's ADHD 101. We externalize, externalize, externalize. Do not rely on the brain. For me, there's an inner reward to doing the thing I said I was going to do. Like when the timer goes off and the place is a lot cleaner, that feels good in the moment. I don't care about later when I come home. I can't hold that concept in my head now for later. It'll be a wonderful surprise later on, right? And so instead of me coming home at the end of the day and then seeing a mess and just going, oh, got to clean. It'll be a surprise. It'll be like, oh, this is such a clean place. And if you're in your 40s and you're just recently diagnosed and you're realizing this is actually a name for the struggles that I've had all my life, then you most likely have decades of self-loathing to to deal with. Oh man, we're we're so fed up with ourselves, aren't we? Like the the we're more fed up than any of the fed up people in our lives, like by a thousand easy. How do we operate in a world that requires so much from us that feels off. It's not intuitive. And the answer is not going to be, well, quit your job, follow your hyper-focus and your creative impulses, dance in the tulip fields and be free. Yeah. Yeah. And then the owner of the tulip field comes out and he's like, what in the fuck are you doing? You're ruining my tulips. The answer to this stuff, in my opinion, it's not find your hyper-focus and go hyper-focusing. That's not realistic. So I'm, I'm here to help you figure out how to shove your square peg into the round hole of life. You know, those hard edges that we have that don't seem to fit in the world. That's all the creativity, the hyper focus, the dance, the good things that make us uniquely wonderful. So we have to figure out a way to fit in this circle without chopping off our edges. Do you feel like oftentimes we think that we have to be the circles? 
and we try over and over again. And when it never works, then we get depressed. And I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a circle. So we want those edges to be malleable, like memory foam, you know, like those really expensive, comfy mattresses where you mush in with the body weight and then they, they come back. That's what we want. So we can mush into the circle when called upon to be like the normies. And then when we're back in our own time and our own world, the memory foam pops out and now the edges are back. We could be us. The basics of life, it requires structure. We hate structure. We know we hate. I don't like telling myself what to do and when to do it. I want to ride the impulses of life, but we have bills to pay on time. We have to go to work. We'd like to have a clean environment. We would like to be physically healthy. We'd like to save for retirement. We would love to feel on top of our lives and thrive in a structured way that the normies operate. Well, that's the circle. But instead, life and our relationships to ourselves, it's more like the the relationship between Atreyu and Artax in the never-ending story. And yes, you are now entering a metaphor for life with ADHD using a movie from 1984. Oh my gosh, I remember this so well. I only remember bits and pieces of the movie though. But this metaphor, it's a doozy. Let's go. So for those of you that are under 40 years old and you haven't seen this gem of a movie, Atreyu was a young boy, hero in the never-ending story. He had a trusty companion horse named Artax. And together, they kicked ass. They rode hard. Imagine you are firing on all cylinders. That's a Treyu and Artax, the horse, hauling ass across the open plains, living their best life. (laughs) Your best life. What even is a best life? But here's the thing. Artax died. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Actually, I don't feel bad because literally none of you, especially if you're in your 20s, none of you are going to actually go back and watch an entire movie that was made in 1984. You're probably going to Google the moment I'm talking about on YouTube and just get the gist. And I'll even do you one better. You go to ADHDBigBrother.com slash week eight, the number eight, and I'm going to embed the video of the scene that I'm talking about there so you can get a get an idea of it. But actually, now that I think, I think he comes back to life at the end, I know, but I'm not, actually, you know what? I'm not sure. So unspoiler alert, maybe, maybe he doesn't uh, all stay dead, uh, but in the scene, in the scene, he's a goner. In the scene, he's dead. So what happened? Well, Atreyu and Artax, they attempted to cross the swamp of sadness. And in this swamp, there's this, if the sadness, if you allow the sadness to overtake you, you sink into the swamp. It's like quicksand. And the horse got sad, apparently. And he sank. And it was a hard moment to watch as a child. You know, as Atreyu was trying to get Artax to move, he wasn't moving. Oh my god, and even watching the clip uh, for to share it, um, I got choked up. It's tough. It's especially teary to me because of how I view it now as our relationship to ourselves. rough i was just literally cutting this in this moment into the podcast 
and just listening to that was choking me up. Oh my God. In this metaphor, okay, we are both the horse and the boy. When we're together riding through life, we're unstoppable badasses, right? Hyperfocus. But most of life has us sinking. You know, we struggle to move. So imagine a relationship to ourselves where we're always finding ourselves sinking in the swamp, trying to pull ourselves out and get ourselves moving. We're trying to remedy our lateness, trying to find things, remember things, trying to manage life, pay our bills, taxes. And we also have other people and they're standing at the edge of the swamp, you know, and they're looking at us, they're fed up. And they're like, well, I've seen you riding across the field. I've seen you at your best. Just do that. And you're like, well, I'm fucking trying. I'm dealing with a sinking horse here. And the normies of our lives, God bless them, they want us to recognize that because we can ride together and be badasses out there, uh, that we have some kind of superpower that we're supposed to be able to access and be proud of, you know, and that's hyperfocus is not what they think it is. You know, I have a work deadline, but I'm insanely focused on figuring out what makes deep sea fish light up. Okay. Hashtag bioluminescence. It's, it's a, it's not a gift. It's a curse. So at some point, the relationship to the horse, or let's say our relationship to ourselves, it becomes bitter, right? And those times in the swamp get darker and they get more hopeless and frustrating. And we're thinking we're here. We're here again. Why do we keep entering the same swamp over and over and over? And is it any wonder why we don't like ourselves? And statistically, I mean, 70% of us with ADHD will experience depression in our life. You know, we're three times more likely to have depression. That's, you know, I'll put an article to where I read that. I mean, it's it'll be on the website as well. But I, I honestly, I don't even care if, globally if that's a, a true fact or not. It's true for me. So, you know, in my study of 100% of participants uh, with ADHD have depression. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and now you know why, what I feel about studies. Yeah. You know, we're, we're completely unique people, you know, and, and so often you'll see these studies, right? That'll be like out of a thousand people, 950 people could do A and B by doing X and Z. And you're like, okay, well, what about the other 50? They're like, well, they're not the majority of participants, you silly neurodiverger. <laughs> anyway, I don't mean to bash studies. I actually really see the value in studies. However, I think everything, no matter what, should always be filtered through your own study of one, which is yourself. Be your own lab rat. Even with the stuff that I say, you know, be your own lab rat. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, throw it in the garbage. The answer that all of us are looking for really is how do we avoid the swamp? How do we not get into the swamp in the first place? And I would love to tell you that you can avoid the swamp altogether. But I believe from my own experience that that's not realistic. Swamps happen. That's something to accept and not fight against. What is realistic is learning how to not sink. We don't want our tax to die. So how can we minimize the amount of time that we spend there in the swamp so that we can get back to the open plains? So let's strategize this. What is changeable is how we talk to the horse as it's sinking. If we're not lost in the metaphor, this means how do we talk to ourselves Have you heard me saying a bajillion times that being cool with yourself is literally the biggest ADHD hack? I mean, if you've, (laughs) if you go back and if you binge watched 
or binge listened to all 30 episodes so far, you will probably hear me say in every single one of those episodes, and just remember guys, be cool with yourself, because it's true. If you find yourself in the swamp, try not to yell at the horse, saying you're a stupid idiot, move, come on, that'll never move the horse forward. It didn't work for a tray, you. It's <laughs> it didn't work for a tray, you guys. And if it doesn't work for a tray, you, it's not going to work for you. And that's a fact. What it will do, though, is it'll make the horse sadder and sink faster. So as you're talking to yourself, I suggest you take out all the judgment and then to guide yourself out of the swamp, ask yourself, well, what's the smallest possible action forward, right? Just move a leg. What's the smallest possible thing that you could do to begin moving out of the swamp? You know, the horse, it would be move your front left leg forward. And that's the next thing that uh, that we talk about all the time in here. It's just a different metaphor this time. You move one foot forward. You've got the reins, your gentleness, your non-judgment of yourself. That's you gently pulling on those reins to help the move forward easier. In ADHD, I tend to think of this as that's your accountability partner, right? Or that's your coach, that's your friend. And in this case, it's you being gentle with yourself, small but steady pressure on the reins, helping. Imagine having that pressure on the reins so when you move, the pulling helps you along. Then this is more effective to us than those hard yank, yank, yank and yelling, come on, move now, do it. That to me would be like neurotypical type coaching like a sports coach, right? Yelling, come on, you got to want it. You got to earn it. Do it, do it now, go. And then you, you, I guess you fight and push yourself because you trust the coach or maybe you want to please the coach or I don't really have a clue because that never works for me. Metaphors though, tasty metaphors based on 1984 movies. Oh, that works for me. Being gentle with myself, I like that. Being a part of the process by supplying steady pressure so that when the horse takes a step forward, you've made it easier. You're working with yourself. Now, I hope that makes sense. I hope I hope this never-ending story metaphor makes sense to you guys because I can't. It resonates so much with me. It's called the swamp of sadness, but I didn't mean for this to be about depression. I know it's kind of taking that uh, taking that flavor. Um, and I'll go into my own dance with depression in a future episode, but this is the final week in the series. So I wanted to discuss one more way to, to get yourself moving when things just don't seem to be moving. I think of the swamp as like a bigger vision of what life in a neurotypical world feels like to me. It feels hard, like it's constantly trying to pull me down. My efforts are to keep trying to find ways to try to spark your fire. In my head, my purpose is to try and put a little light into our dark places to help help keep moving us forward. And then to give you that nudge to get you rolling down the mountain towards that ideal vision that you have of yourself, which is reachable if we have the tools and the strategies to get out of the swamp. And hopefully the metaphors resonate. And if not, well, then it has been an absolute pleasure confusing you today. As we enter into this final week, let's all be that invisible tug on the reins for all of us. So if you're sinking in the swamp, just visualize all million listeners to this podcast. And I know, let's pretend that I have a million listeners. Or, or you can help me get a million listeners by, by sharing this on your social media and sharing this everywhere. And then we can maybe have a million listeners and then we're all out there nudging each other forward. And then imagine all of us gently pulling on your reins as you do the easiest possible thing. Do it just to say that we did a thing. And I'm sorry that I referred to you as a dying horse. That was not my intention. We are both Atreyu and Artax. 
So let's go after the ability this week to say that we did the thing. And let's see if we can do it every day, seven days in a row for the final week. And if the thing that you're trying to do is too hard, take it smaller, make it easier. All right, guys, that's it for this week. Feel free to reach out and say hi, Russ at ADHDBigBrother.com or visit the website and contact me there. And if you guys, if you go to the website, you can sign up for the newsletter. You'll get my free ebook. It's called Descending to the Top. That's your best starting point to learn more about nudges and what I'm talking about there and the visualization of putting your goals at the bottom of the mountain instead of the top. Check it out. It's totally free. And with that, guys, have yourself a fantastic week and I will talk to you soon. Later. Later.